0: Spiritual Sword Media presents The Anchor of the Soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. And now, Mike Hickson. Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. As we look at Ephesians chapter 6, we want to talk for a moment or two about the divine demands in the home. There are a lot of things that could and should be said about the home. The home is one of three divine institutions ordained by God. The other two, the civil government and the church. The home is a precious institution and it ought to be built on the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalm 127 at verse one, except the Lord build the house, Those who labor, labor in vain. Jesus said on one occasion, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We are for the home. We want to see the home grow and flourish and be what God would have it to be. Give the devil his due. He has done everything possible to destroy, to divide and conquer the home as you and I know it. And so what we want to do is take a practical look at the home and really what we're talking about in our study today has to do with the relationship that exists between parents and children. It is a very important relationship. And if the home is to be what it ought to be, then this relationship has to be governed by the will of God. And so having said that, the first thing I want to call your attention to is the orderliness in the home. As we think about the order or the orderliness that is to exist in the home, what we're really emphasizing is the divine arrangement. There is, as you well know, a chain of command, leadership, if you please, that is to exist in the home. Every institution, every organization, if it is to be successful, if if it's to be what What it ought to be, there has to be a chain of command in the church, as I mentioned a moment ago, an institution ordained by God. From a universal perspective, Jesus Christ is the head of the church, and Paul bears that out in Ephesians chapter 5. He said that Christ is the head of the church in verse 23, the home. We look at the arrangement of the home and we know that the husband is the head of the wife. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 at verse 3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. And so you can see that there is a chain of command. And then within the relationship that is to exist between parents and children. The parents have the responsibility of being in a leadership position. Again, we're talking about this chain of command. In many homes, unfortunately, parents are not functioning as leaders. Fathers are not serving as spiritual leaders. And as a result of that, any number of problems exist. And so I want you to look with me at Verse 1 of Ephesians 6, listen again to what Paul said. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That right, that right there lets us know that leadership belongs to the parents. They're the ones that are in charge. And then down in verse 4, the apostle Paul talks about how fathers are not to provoke their children to wrath, but are to rear them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Again, they have a leadership position. As leaders in the home, parents are to provide for their children. I want you to look at verse 4 just very quickly. The Apostle Paul talks about how fathers are to rear their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The word nurture means the whole training and education of children, which relates to the cultivation of mind and morals, and employs for this purpose now commands and admonitions, now reproof and punishment. It also includes the training and care of the body. So as we think about how as parents we are to provide for their children, there are are at least three things that I want to share with you along these lines. When we talk about providing for our children, first and foremost we talk about providing for them from a material vantage point. Now, I'm not saying that this is the most important, but it is one area in which we as parents have the responsibility of caring for our children. We are to provide for their material well-being. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, at verse 8, the Apostle Paul said that those who provide not for their own, especially for their own household, he said they have denied the faith and are worse than an infidel. Now, you and I live in a society in which many fathers and mothers have brought children into this world, but sadly, they have neglected their material well-being. They're not providing for them. And we talk about sometimes deadbeat fathers and deadbeat mothers. Well, there's a reason for that, because they have left it to the state, to the government, to care for the, for the financial well-being of their children. That's not what God intended. God wants those of us who are parents to care for our children, materially speaking. And then there is a second realm that we are to provide for our children in, and this has to do with their physical well-being. It was said of Jesus in Luke 2, verse 52, that he increased in wisdom stature in favor with God and man. Jesus was what we would call a well-rounded young man, a well-rounded young boy. He was growing physically. He was growing mentally. He was growing spiritually. We as parents have the responsibility of caring for the physical well-being of our children. In John chapter 4, we read about a nobleman, and a nobleman, those who were possessing this particular position in society. They were what we would call the upper crust, the upper class. He came to Jesus on one occasion and he said, my child is at the point of death. And what he really wanted was Jesus to step in and help him. Well, as parents, we understand that we have a responsibility. We are to care for the physical well-being of our children. Again, think about that word nurture. It carries with it the idea of training our children in caring for their body. Think about the body that we possess. We possess a body that has been given unto us by a loving God in heaven. And this body must serve us until death or Jesus comes first. We dare not abuse and use our body to the extent that we destroy it, that we tear it down. And so what we try to do as parents is to warn our children. Don't, don't abuse your body. Don't put things in your body that are going to destroy it. The Bible talks about how the body belongs to Almighty God. We are to glorify God in our body in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. And we'll talk more about this in just a moment. And then there is a third area that we must provide for our children. And this has to do with their spiritual well-being. Who has the responsibility of rearing children in the Lord? Well, the parents do. Look again at verse 4. Paul said, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture or training and admonition of the Lord. I said a moment ago that as fathers, we have the responsibility of being the spiritual leaders in the home. Go back and look at some of God's great servants in days gone by, men who functioned as spiritual leaders in the home. One of the greatest examples that I know of is a man by the name of Joshua. Joshua said in in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, verse 15, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's sad to report that many fathers have abdicated this responsibility. They have relegated that position to the wife, to the mother. Well, God's divine arrangement is that the man be the spiritual leader in the home. That means that fathers have to take the responsibility for teaching and instructing their children in the paths of righteousness. That means that fathers have to set the right example in terms of, of worshiping God on a regular basis, of attending corporate Bible studies, setting the right example. Our children are looking at us as an example. And what we do sets the tone in the home. If they see us engaging in the right kind of behavior, hopefully and prayerfully, they're going to emulate that. But on the other hand, if they see us engaging in behavior that is unbecoming of a Christian, guess what? They're probably going to emulate that as well. Over in 2 Timothy chapter 1, the apostle Paul writes to Timothy and he brings to mind the genuine faith That was in the life of his grandmother, Lois, and then in his mother, Eunice. And he said, and am persuaded is in you also. Over in chapter 3, verse 15, Paul would say, and that from a baby, from infancy, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Who is it that has the responsibility of teaching children about God? Is it the school? No. Is it it the civil government? No. That responsibility falls upon those of us who are mothers and fathers. We have that divine responsibility. And hopefully and prayerfully, we are not shirking that responsibility. So first of all, as parents, we have to provide for our children. And then secondly, we must protect our children. There are two things I want to share with you along these lines. First of all, as parents, we must alert our children about the dangers of evil. Evil literally lurks in every sphere of society. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the strength or power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You and I have to understand the devil is at work and he is vying for our souls. He is vying for the souls of our children. It would be sad indeed to lose our children to the world. And so we as parents have the responsibility of alerting them to the dangers of evil in the world. There are two things specifically I want to share with you along these lines. First of all, we talk about evil associations. What kind of people do your children run with? Who are your children's friends? Do you know them? Do you know who they interact with on a daily basis? Do you know the people that they're talking to on the telephone? Do you know who they interact with on Facebook? If you don't, something's wrong. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, Solomon said, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. We have to warn our children. That evil companionship corrupts good morals. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. We have, to, we have to tell our children, look, if you run with the devil, guess what's gonna happen? You're gonna live like the devil. We have to let our children know that up front. There is the danger in, whom they, in, in, in the kind of people they associate. What we wanna do is ensure that they're associating with godly people with Christian people, with people of like values, like morals. And then there is a second thing. We must warn them about evil activities. Now please listen very carefully. As parents, as mamas and daddies, we have to talk straight, and I mean straight, to our children about drugs. Have you talked to your children about drugs? You talked to them about pot? Have you talked to them about ecstasy? Have you talked to them about cocaine, about meth and other things? If you haven't talked to your children about drug usage, you need to. Don't leave it to the schools to talk to your children about drug usage, about alcohol. Let me read for you some statistics that I found the other day. A report that was in Time Magazine. In a new report on drug, alcohol, and tobacco use among teens in the U.S., the National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse at Columbia University finds that 75% of all high school students have used alcohol, tobacco, and either legal or illicit drugs, and that 20% of these adolescents Are addicted. Now you just think about that. 75% of high school students have used alcohol, tobacco, or either legal or illicit drugs. 20% of these adolescents are addicted. The data data also support previous studies that link early substance use to addiction later in life. 90% of Americans who are currently addicted start smoking, drinking, or using drugs before age 18. A quarter of those who begin using addictive addictive substances at these early ages become addicted as adults, while only one in 25 who start using these substances after age 21 does. What does that tell us? It says if young people start using drugs and alcohol, and alcohol is a drug, if they start using these things at an early age, chances are they will use them as an adult. Now who's going to talk to our children about drug usage? We have to. We have to be straight up with them. We are living in a day and time in which we are reaping the whirlwind. Why? Because we as parents are not teaching and instructing our children about the dangers that are lurking in the world. Do you not think the devil is not doing everything within his power to destroy your children? The answer is he's doing everything within his power to destroy your sons and daughters. Let me give you a second thing that I believe as parents we must do. Not only what must we alert them, alert our children to the dangers of evil, we must avoid the danger of extremism. What do I mean when I talk about the danger of extremism? Look again at verse 4. Paul said, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. As parents, we dare not be too harsh, too critical, and too overbearing in the home. If we rule our children, if we rule our home with an iron fist, don't be surprised when our children turn 18, they go crazy. So two things here. Number one, if we as parents are too relaxed, loosen up. In other words, if you're too harsh, if you're too overbearing, if you're too critical, loosen up. You can be the head of the home, you can be a leader in the home without being overbearing and riding herd on your children. There has to be a balance. So if you're, too, if you're too relaxed, tighten up. If you're too rigid, loosen up. We talk about being too rigid. Well, you've got to loosen up. And if you're too relaxed, you've got to tighten up. If, if, you're, if, if you're not governing your children, you're letting them do whatever they want to do, well, you've got to lighten up. The, again, got, there has to be balance, doesn't there? it has got to be balance. And, and I think about children. When, when we look at our children, there ought to be a pattern. And look, look, at, look, look at their past. Have they shown themselves to be trustworthy? Have they shown themselves to be dependable, reliable, honest? That ought to count for something. As our children grow older, What we're trying to do is move them from a state of dependence to a state of independence. We as parents cannot micromanage every facet of our children's lives. When they are young, when they are infants and toddlers, yes, We have to make many of their decisions. But as they grow older in life, what do we have to do? We have to loosen the reins. We have to give them responsibility. As they grow in those responsibilities, what do we do? We give them more responsibilities. Too many parents try to micromanage every move their children make even as they grow into young adults. That won't work. You can't do that. You've got to loosen up. And so again... Two, two admonitions here. If you're too relaxed, tighten up. If, a, if as a parent, you're not monitoring the behavior of your children, you're not serving as a leader, you're not trying to guide them in the path of righteousness, you need to tighten up. On the other hand, if you're too rigid, you're too hard, you're too overbearing, loosen up, loosen the reins. We've been talking in the college class recently about how they are They are really moving from a state of dependence to semi-independence and hopefully and prayerfully in the very near future, they're gonna be fully independent. They are in a transitional period. Our, Our goal as parents is to watch our children fly solo. All right, very quickly, number two, obedience in the home. This has to do with authority. Now, the requirements. Look at verse one. Here's what Paul said. Children, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Why do we encourage young people to be obedient in the home? Because it's the right thing to do. Sometimes we talk about doing the right thing. It's the right thing. Now look at what Paul said. Obey your parents in the Lord. As a child, we want to be obedient to our parents insofar as what they tell us tell us to do complies with the will of God. I mean, if our parents were to tell us to do something that would not be warranted or authorized in the scriptures, then we wouldn't want to do that. If they encouraged us to use alcohol or drugs, well, we wouldn't want to do that. But I don't know parents that advocate that. When our our parents tell us to do things Hopefully and prayerfully, they're, they're telling us to do those things for our own well-being. And let me mention this. Paul said, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Many of us need to be familiar with the golden rule. And I know what you're thinking, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's not the golden rule I'm talking about. The golden rule, as it applies in the home is this the man with the gold rules? That means mamas and daddies have the gold. And if they have the gold, what they say, it goes. That's the golden rule. And and as children, we have to respect that. We have to, we have to be willing to say they're the ones that are making the decisions. Now. As a child, maybe we don't understand some of the the rules and the requirements that they set before us in the home. It may be that we misunderstand their intentions. What do we need to do? Well, what we don't need to do is argue with them like a child. If a parent tells a child to do something or to not do something, and that child doesn't understand why, the way, to, the way to deal with that is to communicate like a young adult. Don't act like a baby. Don't act like, don't act childish. There has to be communication and there has to be cooperation. And again, think about it this way. Parents have the responsibility of Leadership. Ultimately, what they say goes. Maybe you don't understand something. Ask them to clarify. Tell tell them, please explain this to me. I want to understand. I want to do what's right. But communicate. There has to be dialogue between parents and children. And in many homes, there's not a lot of dialogue. You and I, we need to know our children. We need to understand. our. If our children come in the room and they want to talk to us and we're reading the paper or we're doing something else, we need to put the paper down. We need to turn the television off. Whatever it is we're doing, we need to turn it off, put it down, and give them our full attention. Listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. You can learn a lot about your children if you will listen to them. Now, as children, they have the responsibility of being obedient. A second thing. Paul said not only are children to obey their parents in the Lord for this is right, but he said honor your father and mother which is the first commandment with promise that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. The word honor means to estimate, to fix the value, to revere, to venerate. Listen, as children, there will never be a time when our parents are not worthy of our honor. They brought us into this world. There are mamas that have worked their fingers to the bone. They have worked from sunup to sundown to ensure that you as a child have the very best. You ought to get on your knees and thank God for your mama. By the same token, there are daddies that have worked two and three jobs. They've worked long hours. They have done whatever it takes to put food on the table to make sure that you have a good life. You ought to get down on your hands and knees and thank Almighty God for your daddy. There are a lot of children in our world today, they are disrespectful to their parents. Let me tell you what, our parents deserve our honor. There will never be a time when our parents are not worthy of our honor. The word carries with it the idea of fixing the value. How valuable are our our parents? Extremely valuable. Now I understand that there are some parents that As the old saying goes, aren't worth a plug nickel, and that's sad. But I'm talking about the kind of parents that God would be pleased with, the kind of parents that are trying to do the right thing. We ought to be grateful for them. What about the results of this? Well, look at verse 3. Paul said that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. You see, good things happen when we do things God's way. That's something that young people need to understand. That's something that old folks need to understand as well. God's ways are tried, tested, and true. The question is, do we believe it? Let let me close by saying this. There are a lot of young people who are in eternity as we speak. And you know why? Why? Because they didn't obey their parents, because they didn't honor their parents, they didn't follow what they said in the home, they got out in the world, they made tragic mistakes, and bad things happened. The key to a successful life, a happy life, a long life, do what's right. Parents have their children at heart. And to our young people, I would say this. Your mama and daddy, they love you very much. They want the best for you. And those of us who are parents, do we love our children? Yes, we do. Do we want the best for our children? Yes, we do. But we've got to make sure that we do our job. It's not my intent to throw anyone under the bus in this lesson. I'm not trying to throw young people under the bus. I'm not trying to throw parents under the bus. I'm simply saying that there is a divine arrangement in the home. We have to respect that arrangement. There are responsibilities in the home. And that that responsibility rests on both parents and children. The question is, are we going to honor our roles and responsibilities in the home? Maybe you're here today. Your home is not what it ought to be. The remedy is what? Well, the remedy is look to the Lord. Build your home on the Lord Jesus Christ. In Mark chapter 2, we read of an account of Jesus entering in to another person's home. And we might ask this question. Is Jesus in your home? Is he in your home today? Is Jesus serving as the leader of your home? If not, why not make some changes today? Thank you for listening to the Anchor of the Soul. Your speaker has been Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ, located at 9100 East Sandage Road in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To hear this lesson again and to see video archives, go to olivebranchchurchofchrist.org. Tune in next Sunday for more of the Anchor of the Soul. Fasten to the rock which cannot move Grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. Hi, I'm Mike Hickson. We hope you've enjoyed the Anchor of the Soul radio broadcast. Our worship services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ begin at 10 a.m. each Sunday morning. Our Sunday evening service starts at 6 p.m. If you're in the Olive Branch area, we would love to have you visit with us. Services at the Olive Branch Church of Christ are streamed live over the Internet each week please visit our website for additional details. That website is www.olibranchchurchofchrist.org. Join us again next Sunday morning on this station at 8.30 a.m. for the Anchor of the Soul.